Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm going to let everyone in on a little secret. It's a little little hot take, if you will. I think the movie that, that we reviewed this, or were reviewing this week, it's better than what we did last week. I'm the only person who's ever had that comparison. And uh, it's better. Hot takes away. I mean, I'm Alex. And hey, what about Britain? It's okay. I'm him. That's me. <laughs> I think you may be right. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure anybody has ever specifically compared um, Hobbs and Shaw Toy Story, which is the movie we are talking about today. <laughs> Both are buddy films with an action element. Sure. And both star Dwayne the, jo- the Rock Johnson and Tom Hanks. I was going to make so. a joke that they're both animated, but is that is that too too low? <laughs> is that too easy? That's pretty good. There is a, a couple of pretty big beefy toys in this uh, in this movie. <laughs> okay, let's let's that's move true. On. Uh, we're starting a new franchise, uh, a first for us. His name is Rocky. With, uh, animated franchises. So hopefully this opens the door to more. Uh, more different and varied franchises as we move forward. Somebody once told me the world. <laughs> you know, guys, I've often heard that some people like to move it, move it. We'll investigate those claims later. <laughs> but those are for another And also time. minions. <laughs> That's for never. <laughs> nope, just, just not doing it. Anyways, we're starting with, with Toy Story. From 1995, directed by John Lasseter, it has a 100% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 92% audience score. Fascinating. Is this is this the first 100% movie we've done? No, I think. I, oh. So, since we talk, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look back in our notes. We we reviewed Godfather. Uh, okay. I I yeah. would assume at least one of those. Specifically, one yeah, of those that was be. like like Toy Story that was uh, made before the internet, and so like when the internet came out, they were just like, "Let's post our reviews that now align with the positive uh, vibe mm-hmm. this movie has." So I feel like right. there's probably or, or, a few. or that are intentionally contrarian or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm still looking. <laughs> well, this this is a really interesting because uh, this, this movie was the first. I believe the first feature-length CG uh, movie. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. the first CG movie. There were a lot of shorts, like Tin Toy, that I think might have all been Pixar. I, I Don't quote me on that. But much like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was the first feature-length yep. animated movie of any time. This was the first CG movie, and so it was like this watershed uh, thing. So it's actually pretty appropriate that we're using it to break the seal yep. on animated franchises. Also, um, I think, uh, far and away, the most acclaimed and beloved animated franchise um i, I think i you're would looking, say so i think by any measure you tried to pull that's what you would find um I, I i would think so yeah especially across the however many generations <laughs> you know yes this is a this is a seminal movie like, that I, I i don't think i've ever met someone who dislikes toy story and all four of them i think are 95 percent or above on rotten tomatoes if i'm not mistaken yeah uh the only other film that we have reviewed that has a one hundred percent critic score is The Terminator. Okay. The original Godfather has a ninety eight percent. Sure. Huh. Interesting. What does Godfather two have? Is that higher or lower? 
I think it's like a 97%. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those statements are true. Tyler, what is your best and worst thing about <laughs> Toy, sure. the story of us? <laughs> Toy, a Star Wars story. Um, <laughs> Toy, a story. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is, I feel like we're going to have to couch this one a lot because it's always weird to review stuff that is very ingrained in nostalgia and childhood. And this is definitely one of those for me. Um this and the second one will be in the same boat. And so I I was really trying to, like, actually think about the movie and and actually try to critically consider, you know, maybe what made it so successful, anything that wasn't very successful. I don't know that I have a worse thing, really. <laughs> I, could, I mean, I think yeah. the biggest thing I could say is the fact that it's it's dated in terms of animation, Sure. Um, I'm not sure that I have any other real problems to throw at it. Uh, it is. It, I will say I, I watched it on Disney Plus, which has the most recent like 4K remaster, mm. I believe, that I think came out last year. It looks. It still looks really good. <laughs> like I was yeah. very surprised. I was expecting yeah. it because I've seen it on TV, like coming on, you know, cable, uh, maybe like five years ago or so. I know that I've recently seen it and noticed, like, oh, hey, that that doesn't look that... Like, you can very much tell this is a pretty old animated movie. Um, but in the new remaster, I mean, they you can still tell, but it's it looks very clean. They've I don't know what they do to remaster, especially CGI. Uh, it's, yeah. it's one thing... Or not CGI, I guess, but uh, animation. It's one thing where it's like, oh, they're cleaning up the film, or they're trying to, like, digitally restore the look of, the, of a film... But when it's all animated, I have no idea how they do it. I don't think they re-render anything necessarily. I don't really know. Um, but it looks really, really good still. I think it's... There are times where you can definitely tell they're working with very stiff models. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like Woody, I think, a lot of the time. Kind of his direction and the way he, he moves just does not quite uh, flow in the way... Like, it, it makes you very much yearn for, like, man, I wish that I could see... I was wa- Or this movie was using the same kind of caliber as Toy Story 4 or even Toy Story 3. Um, it's like a Robert De Niro in The Irishman, you know? It's the same. It's like, <laughs> I can see... Why like, didn't you just get know, a younger toy to play him? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, topical. Um, sort of. That's pretty much all I have to say negatively yeah. to think about this movie. Maybe maybe you guys will have some good... some points to bring up i guess there there are a couple things i quit on the poster toy story a wonderful theme park ride (laughs) (laughs) uh also topical uh going back you know a year um or at least it feels like it that's pretty much all i have to say well we can talk a little bit about like the um lore (laughs) or the the way the toys uh work relative to their their kids and and how that all works and why buzz knows to freeze when annie shows up there's a couple of things that you can kind of nitpick there um but overall i mean i I think it is really quite good so i'm probably going to spend the rest of the time gushing over it um my best thing is the personality of all the toys the specifically Mm -hmm. the what they selected to use for the personality because this very easily could have been okay let's give them a bunch of uh, very silly kid 
personalities. We can make them, right? You know, all be pretty. Basically, just try to make the make kids that watch the movie be like, ah, uh, yes, this is this character is also acting like a child. Cool. Right. Um, right. They're all adults, and they're all. <laughs> They they have adult problems that they're dealing with, <laughs> despite being toys. Yeah. Uh, they're they're all they're all played obviously. Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. It's a very good cast. Um, yeah, but the the fact that that's what they chose means that this movie has that element that people say about like I f- I feel like every animated movie gets this praise um, where people will say oh yeah you know it's it's uh, it's fun for the kids but also the adults will love it too because of this and this and this. And a lot of the time, they just mean they've they've slipped in some naughty jokes or whatever, and yeah. you know it's like ah, oh, there's crude humor that the kids won't get, but the adults will love it. Um, and there's a little bit Smurf of that. happens. What? Sorry, Sky. Smurf happens. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I don't get it. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, I would explain it to you, but there are preschool toys present. <laughs> Um, another example of the smart kind of joke yes. that adults will get, but is not dirty. And there's uh, there's a bit early on in the movie that I that really stuck out to me where uh, Woody is like, "Yeah, our uh, plastic corrosion committee uh, went really <laughs> well." I meeting, think, yeah. and it's just that's such a weird specific. It doesn't feel as if they're trying and to I make it. Thank Mr. Spell for putting that on. Thank you, Mr. Spell. <laughs> <Yes>. You're welcome. <laughs> they're, they're not trying to make it. Uh, it's something that kids won't notice. They're just trying to give the toys uh, this sort of adult livelihood, <laughs> like as if they're just yeah. living day to day. And I think that that's one really key element is because of the fact that they all act like adults, it's a kid's movie in that, you you know, obviously it's about kids, it's about toys, uh, it's animated, it's pretty, it's colorful, it's fun, it's, it's funny. Um but it doesn't age at all for adults because you're still watching what could just be a movie for adults if if it was yeah if you took the premise and lifted it into some other environment i don't know it, mm-hmm. obviously that would take a lot of reworking of the the story but it just it, yeah it's it's crazy to me how much it still just works as a story yeah um and how much uh, the way Woody and Buzz conflict, and I mean, their entire jealousy plot in terms of Woody wanting to to take over back from Buzz, like all of that is handled in the way that an adult would approach and handle and react and feel about that, and and that's how they do it with I feel like the entirety of the story. Um, the fact that Mr. Potato Head is like this grumpy old dude, and uh, so is um, what's the pig's name? Ham. What oh, ham. I? Yeah. Uh, yeah, ham. I'm, I'm terrible with movie names. Um, and Slinky, they're all these kind oh. of old sort of washed up guys that are snarky. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Bo Peep is obviously a, a, a grown woman. And I don't know. It's, it's fascinating that this is the approach they took and that it, they executed it so well that you can still just watch this yeah. movie and be like, Oh, I'm I'm enjoying this just because the story is very interesting and compelling, and I mean, obviously, it is made for kids. It's not uh, Citizen Kane, maybe, <laughs> but uh, I think as far as achievements in animation, I mean, it's probably I would say it's the same level of uh, sort of execution, or, or in terms of sure. what they're what they were going for, and what they were trying to do. I don't know how you do much better than this. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. It, Pixar is one of the few studios that consistently understand what the phrase for all ages means. Mm. And and you're right. I mean, it's so easy to slip in dirty jokes or like political humor that like kids won't get. But the great thing about a Pixar movie is you watch it when you're a kid and you love it for all the stuff that you get as a kid. But then you watch it when you're a little bit older and you catch more and you understand more. And yep. then you watch it when you're a little bit older and you catch more. You you enjoy it more and more as you get older because you get more of the jokes. You understand more of the meaning and more of the depth of it. And every <clears throat> every Pixar most Pixar movies are about something more than what they're about. Like the Toy Story movies are about getting older yep. and they're about change. Every movie is in some way about the characters embracing change in themselves, in their world, in each other. And that's a very human thing to learn. Every, the, one of the few things that every human is always having to understand is change. Mm-hmm. Whether you're seven or 40 or 93, like you're always having to accept that things are, are different. And that's what the Toy Story movies are about. Um, much like how, you know, <clears throat> Finding Nemo is about disability or Monsters, Inc. is about blue collar workers. Like they're all... Yeah. They all have these other things to them, and and the initial, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's just incredible. The initial layer is well, that's the Incredibles. That's that's a different movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> there, there are different layers uh, in the sense that you know a kid can watch it and be like, oh, it's about you know sharing and don't be jealous of you know other kids' toys or you know like yes. there there's a very mm-hmm. simple thing there in terms of the the front layer. And then like you're saying, you know, as you watch it when you get older, you're like, oh, this is actually relatable storytelling. Um, it's fascinating, yeah, and it's really well done. And it's something that I'm I'm part of that lucky age bracket that got to age right in line with the movies. I was seven when the first one came out. I was I was Andy's age in all of these movies, and I'm, I'm interested to watch the future films to see if because I feel like every movie is not only made for a kid, but also for those kids who were seven yes. when the first Toy Story movie came out. Yeah. The Toy Story 3 was like, we're, we're for all of you, we're, we're for everybody, but we're really also, f- like, if, if we're narrow casting anything, it's to you, the kids who were there at the beginning. Yeah. And what do you need right now? What are you experiencing at this point in your life? And I'm interested to see how that evolves, like how I'll look at the movies that way as we watch yeah. them uh, for the purposes of the show. Um, shall I dive into my best and worst? Tyler, are you finished with your stuff? Yeah, go for it. Um, similarly, uh, I, I don't really have a worse, worst thing. I think that we may as well, like you said, acknowledge the animation is dated, but it's the, it's, it's interesting because it's only, the only reason the animation doesn't look great is because it's with 25 years old. Yeah. Like that's it. Like it's not for lack of effort and it honestly it still looks pretty good. Like, even if you're not watching the 4K, like, I like it looked great then. And it still looks pretty good now. It's not like mm-hmm. when you watch something that just really was not ready. So that blends into my best thing, because I have a million best things, but the one I'm going to go for is the love and the detail in the animation. Mm-hmm. That this movie, for, you know, as, for want of a phrase, primitive as, it, as we could see it, there's so much detail and care put into every frame of this movie there are smudges and chips in the wood on the walls yep. like in the chest of drawers there's little nicks taken out of the wood 
um, the, the army men have these little lines of plastic that are raised along their sides. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I certainly had those like plastic snap toys. Like you snap them out of like a big frame and they all, always had little plastic bits stuck to them. They've, they've got those on them. Like Woody's got seams and e- even down to like how frayed Andy's name looks on Woody's yes. foot. Like everything is so the, even though they had what we would now consider a limited amount of technology, the fact that they still put as much care and as much attention into making that world feel real and vibrant and, and tangible. And also all the toys look like toys and they move, they they all move differently because they're all built differently. Mr. Potato Head always has a little bit of a bend in his arm. Um, Woody's, he is a little stiff with the model, as you mentioned, but he's also like, he's floppier because he's a doll and they've got like, Rex's tail occasionally is a little flexible, but like every everybody looks like and and moves like a toy would. Like they yeah. they really thought about it and put a lot of care into it. And it's just, I don't know. It, it is. I think this movie would be historic anyway for being the first full CG movie. But the fact that it's such a utterly brilliant movie. Like I, when I was watching it yesterday, I was like, this is kind of a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's such a brilliant script. Like it's so smart and it's so funny. And it pays off so beautifully and it all mm-hmm. builds so expertly. And and there are little plot holes here and there really just with buzz. But that's one of those things that if this were a bad movie that would be a huge plot hole. There is this movie does everything else right and not only right, it does it amazingly well. So it's like, you know what? I will give you that. I will forgive that. <laughs> That question, because, oh boy, this is just, I mean, when I was watching, I, like I said, I just was completely bowled over. I, I saw this movie so many times when I was little, I didn't realize how long it had been since I actually watched it. And there's so many parts and line deliveries that are just burned into my brain mm-hmm. that I was hearing them. And I was like, I've heard that so many times. And I've said that. So like, I, I would just go around the house just quoting Toy Story and just saying the sentences from the movie all the time. Like, it's all just stuck yeah. in me. And it just like I, I I will get more into how all the many many things that make it great, but yeah, yeah I, I think even for day to day animation, there is so much love and care put into it that like I, I was watching Roger Ebert uh, Ebert and Roper talk about it, and Roger Ebert said like they didn't have to do that, you know that's mm-hmm. so wonderful they they didn't need to put in all that care in the in the bedspread, but they did yeah. because they knew that that adds to the movie and that. That fills it out, and and what a beautiful thing! Like they just they always do it at Pixar. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Alex, yeah, Alex. I think I don't know if you do it consciously, but I feel like this might secretly be one of if you're not if not your most quoted movies. I feel like there's a lot of things, and I probably do it too, <laughs> uh, but I just notice it because uh, you've pointed out like specific jokes that you say from this movie that I feel like you don't you may not even realize you're doing it, but you. Uh, references quite a bit. I most certainly don't do. recognize that I'm doing it because I can't remember any at the moment. <laughs> I can't uh, either. I'm but Woody, I know howdy, howdy, howdy this. is one. Oh, yeah, yes. yep, yep. <laughs> that, this is probably where I get the the howdy from. I'll, I'll, I'll say that mm-hmm. regularly. Probably get that from this. Oh, what a great bit. That makes sense. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, There will come a point in the show where we'll all just start talking about all the lines we like, but we'll, we, we will get there. <laughs> Right. Maybe more will come to mind that I just kind of use in normal conversation. I think the howdy howdy one is the one that made me come to that realization. <laughs> um, so there is that. 
Um, my best thing is I, just so much to choose from. Um, my best yeah. thing is probably going to be the third act. Um, I think it is so well constructed mm-hmm. and so smartly handled. Basically, everything from Buzz is about to be sent away on a rocket to explode by Sid and they've got to rescue him that through to the, the chase trying to get Woody and Buzz to to the truck. I think all of that is so yeah. expertly yeah. handled. Um, that chase is amazing. Yeah. And I don't know if this is just nostalgia from me, me constantly watching my, my old VHS tape back in the day mm-hmm. when, when the, when the, they're like, Oh, it's falling with style and the music kicks in. Goosebumps, like yes. genuine Absolutely. goosebumps, and that doesn't happen a whole lot with me in, in movies. So I don't know. I, I took notice of that. I I love everything about that final act. Um, yeah. To infinity and beyond is such a perfect movie quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's everything. It is. It is perfect. It really is amazing how. It's not necessarily that the movie's adult, but that the characters are facing seemingly adult problems. Yes. Yeah. Buzz has an existential crisis about what his purpose in this this universe yes. is. Mm-hmm. And gets drunk. And he basically <laughs> gets drunk. Yeah. Psychologically, I guess. But, uh, yeah. With Marie Antoinette and <laughs> her little sister. down Darjeeling. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Man, I, what did you? Uh, I haven't done my worst thing yet. I guess I, I'll be the guy who actually addresses it. Sure, Buzz. Th- there's a little bit of of confusion about Buzz thinking that he's not a toy, but he still follows the rules that all the other toys follow. Yes, he thinks he is Buzz Lightyear of Star Command here to to stop evildoers or whatever. Yet he is still purposely freezing whenever Andy enters the room, and you could argue. Well, no, maybe it's an uh, involuntary thing that the toys do. Maybe it's magic. Yeah, but then they all, like, become active in front of Sid. So, and plus they're like, oh, Andy's coming back. Get back to your original positions. So they're very conscious of that. So it's just like, that's, for me, that's like the one glaring problem in the movie. And then everything else is perfect. Well, I think uh, there's, there's really two ways... You can look at well, not really two ways. There's really one, only one way you can explain it. Um, but I just wanted to first add on to it that there's also a line that I, I I don't know if I'd caught before the way he says this, where Buzz is like, "Your your chieftain has uh, inscribed, <laughs> inscribed his name on me, me. or accepting um, yeah, yeah, to show ownership, or whatever." And it's like, okay, so how, what what were you doing at that point? Right. Why, um, why was he not communicating with Andy? Be like, can you help me fix my ship, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. And that's, I guess that's the one way you could try to argue it is that like, oh, because uh, he has voice, so many voice commands built in that maybe he he doesn't necessarily freeze all the way and like Andy doesn't notice or you could try to, but I don't think we ever actually see him freeze when Andy comes in anyway. It seems like the movie doesn't really want you to think about it in general. Yeah, um, maybe. So there's really not a great a way to it's kind of just doesn't want to address it the but. the big thing I, I i realized was was um when woody's like okay it's fine you're strapped to a rocket everything's fine and then he just goes limp because sid's about to come out and then yeah. you see you see buzz freeze then so he's very purposefully okay. doing that i guess I missed that. yeah um yeah that's that's a little bit confusing and sure i think at that point 
at that point though he he knew he had accepted that he was a toy. Yes, right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, I mean and, and again, this is I feel like we run into this a lot when on this show where like if this were a less good movie, this would be a big problem and this would be something we'd be like filmmakers, why didn't you think about this? Come yeah. on, what are you doing? But in here it's like Oh, you know what? Okay. The movie's you, you, you so get well one. told, it, you have to watch it multiple times to realize that's an issue. Yes. And yeah. even then, it's not yeah, really guess, that much of an issue. And I would ultimately rather have this plot hole and a simple, like, look, toys, they, they come to life when people aren't around. Don't worry about it. That's just the thing. And that's, Then if they had to... I would rather that than them go like, and here's the backstory. Like, if if we got midichlorians for toys exactly. in like the next movie or something, I'm, I'm so happy yeah. that they never pull a Prometheus or Alien Covenant nonsense of like, well, did you ever wonder about the origins of why the toys could talk? I'm like, no, I didn't. I <laughs> no, thank no. you. Toys talk. That 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 is breaking the spell right. of of the movie and. Yeah, I mean, my thought when I was watching yesterday was, like, maybe it is just, like, these primal toy instincts or something passed down from their ancestors, the ball in a cup or something. Right. That that he just, like you say, it, like, it's involuntary that he freezes at that point, and then it becomes voluntary uh, when he <laughs> gains consciousness. It's like Westworld or something. I don't know. <laughs> just out of curiosity, I did, I did look this up. Um, and uh, I do see, there is one one other good find enough explanation which is that because buzz is a space ranger he would know to respect the customs and cultures and, and to follow along with ah. what other what they're doing so like if he if he sees that they're all like ah you gotta freeze right now then he can freeze and be like okay i guess i should freeze and then freezes <laughs> when in rome sort of yeah. thing i guess so okay yeah i think that's probably <laughs> the, the best i can come up with in terms of <laughs> all right address it and move on uh, yeah, this movie, um, one of its screenwriters is Joss Whedon. Yep. Yep. Which could explain some of the witty dialogue. Sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Also the witty and, dialogue. Um, that... <laughs> this, and uh, this podcast was, episode what, written by Joss Whedon. Um, <laughs> and one of its executive producers was Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pixar uh, was created, founded funded by steve jobs something. yeah it was yeah it was kind of something connected to it yeah but I, when i saw the yesterday i went oh right that oh yeah. wow <laughs> i forget i'm so used to seeing like andrew stanton and pete doctor's names i was like yes. all right there's other people yeah which all of which is crazy to, to see that opening where it's like uh i think producers uh john lasseter andrew stanton uh pete doctor yeah. and there's some brad bird is he on this i can't remember uh, not yet. There's Joe Ranft, I think, was on there. Director of the best movie that only Britton and I have seen, John Carter. Sure. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is they, I think they've all had like tried some foray into live action, but all of them have made brilliant Pixar movies, uh, mm-hmm. I believe. Hasn't Andrew Stanton done one of the classics? Stanton did Wally and um, Finding Nemo. Yes. Okay, yeah. And Pete Doctor did Up and Monsters, Inc., and I think he did Inside Out. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah, And and, and obviously, like, and Lasseter did all of them for a while. Um, Brad Bird did Ratatouille and The Incredibles and Iron Giant, which is not Pixar, but is amazing. Sure. Um, So, so, uh, 
you, you mentioned Alex the third act. This brings up something a question that I had when I was watching the movie. Is Sid one of the worst movie villains in terms of like sheer hateability? <laughs> yeah, cuz I I mean this movie does such a great job of making you hate its villain and then giving you such fair retribution. Right, true. But it's also like uh, I don't know, there <laughs> I want to address the fact that this movie is, uh, again, a thing that a lot of people bring up about kids' movies. It's like, oh, that one's actually, like, secretly really dark. Um, they murder toys. They murder toys. I mean, that's the first obvious thing. It's like, and, oh, they're just blowing up. And he these... tears them apart, and they have to, like, th- reconstruct themselves yes. Frankenstein uh, style. There is that, and I want to get to that. But um, there's no place like home. There's no go, place going like a home. a little deeper here. Um there are a couple of things where, like, I mean, for one, uh, one of the uh, the first things I I like had forgotten about is that one of the Green Army men gets crunched by yes Andy's right. mom at the beginning of the film, and he has to like be dragged into this into safety by one of his fellow Army men by the sword. That's yeah. really dark. Um, a good soldier never leaves a man behind. There's also a really, to me, just like a concerning bit where uh, what's the dog's name? Spy? Scud. 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 Yes. Um, where Scud is following Buzz, and this is where Buzz ends up seeing the Buzz Lightyear commercial. He's following Buzz around, and he goes into uh, the room with, I guess, Sid's dad sitting on the armchair. And then and then Scud sees the dad and backs out. And I'm like, what has this man done to this dog? Right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, it's interesting because like, there's that detail. We never see the mom. They shout. Yeah, about her a yeah, couple of times, her. but we never see her. We only see Sid and the sister like full on. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think is really meant to like imply anything. Or probably not. It's, it's it's probably more no, just like we no. didn't want to animate more human characters because yes. they already um, don't look all that great. But it does leave it yeah. vague enough. It, uh, Sid also, and this uh, Sid is laughing just... maniacally when he blows up that toy. The first scene we see of him, he's laughing maniacally. Well, well, but also, uh, and my first thought when seeing this is like, oh, that's just kind of like a. a I he's want trying to be Sid a rebellious to hardcore to kid. be Blofeld in the next Bond movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why not? Britain, Britain recently, uh, for the rest of the for the the, the listening audience, Britain recently made a, a comment in a um, shared group me of ours that uh, not every n- actor we like has to be cast in a James Bond film or a MCU film. <laughs> That's or why whatever. I chose and I was a like, straight up animated no, as, character, Tyler. <laughs> the, sure, but the comparison was a James Bond film or a Batman or the Joker. Um, I just wanted to bring that up. No, no real purpose. Uh, but Sid also, and, and you could you could argue this is like a little. He's like, oh, he's just trying to be rebellious. He's a crazy kid. He's got all these weird posters ever. He has like nine locks on his door. <laughs> and again, I'm like, yeah. hmm. I mean, no, why? Just, just look at his room. Look at all the tools he's got in there. It's like it's like he stole them all from his dad's shed. Yeah. It's like who's letting him do this? This is this is the prequel know. to yeah, the I, Saw movies, right? Like he's Jigsaw. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, in a way, I definitely don't think the the movie no, is trying to be like, didn't. oh, it's this like terrible household because like the sister is fine. Yes, and, the and that's the biggest thing. Is that the sister's just like, which they is just also have, like, seemingly uh, a normal antagonistic sibling relationship. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel it, like there's it's still... just this like, yeah, Sid's a monster, and <laughs> the retribution is he gets terrified and runs away from a doll. Like it's amazing. That moment where she realizes thing... she has just gotten the power over him yes and she's like i yeah. am never letting this go 
Yeah. It's as someone who has a little sister, I have a younger sister named Hannah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that whole, uh, that, that whole thing is, it it, fortunately does not hit home because I was never Sid, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That that has always but been uh, an interesting thing the, for me. The point I'm trying to get is that I feel like watching this uh, now, I have less antag or antagonism and antipathy. Is that the word? I don't know. I tried. I went. I flew too high on. I know. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. Plastic wings. Um, the, Animosity. Yes. Uh, yes. That is it. Um, for Sid, just because like he's what thirteen. Something like that. He's 13 yeah, and he killed like a combat Carl, Tyler. <laughs> but my point is, the like... man should be taken to the Hague and tried for war crimes. <laughs> point is, like, this is a young kid who, like, that clearly... combat Carl had a son. Clear, His clearly, clearly, he combat is... Jerry. He has at the least been allowed to become this uh, horrible tyrant over these exerting power over these uh, helpless plastic figures. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain, a certain sadness to it. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm glad the toys, the toys uh, scared him straight, turned his I life mean, around. Yeah, sure, the fact, sure. The fact that he goes to Pizza Planet and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go to the 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 claw machine and I'm gonna just like torture the crap out of one of these toys. Yes. Yeah. And he's like standing on top of the whack a mole thing, just pummeling. Yeah. It. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, just mm-hmm. go, just go uh, have another- some pizza and chill. <laughs> Another pizza and chill, dude. One of my, uh, some other of my favorite jokes in this movie are when they first see uh, Sid and they're explaining it to Buzz, and Buzz goes, "You mean that happy child? <laughs> that ain't no happy child." And then later, I, when Sid is operating on the uh, the doll and the pterodactyl, and Buzz goes, "I don't believe that man's ever been to medical school." <laughs> I I do love the way so Rex says, like when he's describing, him, he's like, "He tortures toys." Just for fun! <laughs> Honestly, we were talking about the personalities of the toys. Every toy in this movie is so perfectly cast. Exactly. Like, Tim Allen, and, and we, we, we talked about him during Santa Claus and everything. He is so unbelievably funny as, as Buzz Lightyear. Like, he is, it's such a great performance. And Tom Hanks, obviously, come on, that's the whole thing. Yeah. But, like... Jim Varney as Slinky is so good when Woody's like, go, be happy. Okay, be happy. Ah! <laughs> right down um, to our Lee Ermey as Sarge. And I mean, I really recognized how great Don Rickles was in this movie this time around as Mr. Potato Head. Mm-hmm. He is so funny. I love when he's like, what are you looking at, you hockey puck? And then there's a toy that's just a hockey puck with arms and legs. And it just looks at the camera like, looks at the camera and shrugs. It's great. And Wallace Shawn is Rex, and John Ratzenberger is Ham. I mean, it's and just and like... of course, you uncultured swine is a classic. Oh, um, yes, with the Picasso check. Yeah, Wallace, Wallace Shawn. I I did not realize. I think before watching it this time, and I was looking up to looking at the cast, and I was like, oh, that's a funny yeah. guy who is playing this character. He's great. He's yeah, he's great. And as he Rex. is very. And good. I love how the comedy in this movie. It doesn't. Re- it, it's not just a bunch of toy jokes over and no. over again. Obviously, like the emoji that movie is where it's every single joke is some kind of pun. Sure. About emojis. I feel like that's the yeah, lowest hanging fruit you could have gone for. I feel like you could you could aim a little higher in your your takedown. When they do the toy when they do the toy jokes in this movie, they're very clever. 
um, the preschool toys, the plastic corrosion awareness mm-hmm. meeting joke. There is um, a uh, there is a I think a wingspan comparison joke, which is kind of like I see you. I yeah, see, there's but again, a little bit of that la- it's laser not, envy. Etc. It's not really like uh, it's it's so quick and it's so like not yeah. an actual. It's innocuous, bit, yeah. Uh, that I think makes it work a lot better than again your most kids movies where you've got like oh they just put in like a crude joke and assume kids won't get it right and just mask it well and there's a great joke they do such great physical humor with uh mr potato head when um slinky is talking about how we should all listen to woody Woody's mm-hmm. always helped us out before and he'll help us again um they cut to mr potato head and he pulls his mouth out and taps it against his yeah. backside <laughs> yeah. Which is very funny and very smart. Just the pure and shock the... of them when they're 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 starting to fly at the end, and they throw the go kart or, or the the remote control car uh, RC, RC yeah. yeah. When they throw them into the truck, and Mister Potato Head just like explodes. <laughs> oh, the sound effect oh. and everything—it's just beautiful. Now I do have a but concern also, like, when the when the when the toys when the birthday party's starting and Mister Potato is like, "I can't see," and he pulls out his eyes and holds them yeah. up. I was gonna say, like, I do even have, when they go like, for the more obvious jokes, there's such joy in the movie and such alacrity that you're like, "Sure, whatever, sure, let's go." I'm having a great time. I do have a concern about the RC bit at the end because I believe Woody leaves his remote on the ground. And I'm like, did Andy get oh. a replacement for him? How, how's that? How's that going to work out? What's I can't remember. Oh, RC's yeah, I can't if he leaves it next if... year. Garage sale. <laughs> remote control. Well, I can't remember if it's... no remote. Yeah, I genuinely don't remember if he leaves it on the street or in the or in the truck. Like he, no, he he definitely leaves it on the. Street. Is it in the street? And and okay. there is no. Okay. The only thing I could tell is that maybe he had like somehow attached it to RC. I don't know if he had a holster for it, but I did not see one. It does. Sure. I don't think it's animated. Yeah, into maybe. the scene, and I was like, mm. I don't remember. I guess we'll f- see in Toy Story too. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, maybe that, he that can buy a final. Yeah, the the whole final chase sequence is so tense and exciting and really smart yeah like mm-hmm. alex you're talking about how structured it is well, just, that they they set up all these yeah there's great payoffs where it's like the the, the matchstick in woody's yes. um holster yeah. and then he tries to light it and it doesn't work but then he uses buzz to mm-hmm. to mag do the magnifying with the sun buzz's just... buzz's helmet uh being used to light the rocket is the greatest payoff of all time in my opinion, to yes. to to borrow a phrase, it's like they thought about it when they wrote the movie. <laughs> I see what you did there, it, but also it does it does a thing that I always I think I mentioned this in the end game episode mm-hmm. that like charging usually makes me cry like just the <laughs> the bravery of like people going. There, I have a similar thing when like civilians go to like. Like the the best explanation I can use is in the, the Beauty and the Beast, the animated, the real one, the animated mm-hmm. one, that the actual movie, where all the furniture fights against the the bad yeah. guys at the end because it's like they're not soldiers, they're just standing and protecting the protecting their home. Like that just hits me really hard. And in this, when like all the toys, like Slinky jumps out to catch him, and then Slinky's stretching, and all the toys are holding on to him, like that, like communal teamwork and like. It's just, I don't know, that, and uh, Rocky, the big, like, muscle toy, mm-hmm. goes over to, like, lower the ramp, and it's just, all of that is just so... 
I would, yeah, he just it really hits. I would like to request uh, put put this idea out in the ether because uh, my computer is too old to process this. I think um, of uh, <clears throat> Joss Whedon putting. Here's how you revitalize your career after Warner Brothers forced Justice League upon you. Tyler, go. Oh no, that's that. I mean, maybe I don't know, but I was just gonna say put uh, portals, the track from Endgame, over the scene in Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but I just, I don't know. All of that works so beautifully. And did you guys notice, so uh, Rocky, the muscly toy, um, in Sid's bedroom, one of his Frankenstein toys has a Rocky torso. It's the He has, like, the bug head, mm-hmm. and he walks on, like, the torso. That's a Rocky torso. Uh, yeah. How how beautifully designed are those Frankenstein toys? The misfit toys, They're yeah. They're so great. And that scene is has, is so perfectly balanced for me of, like, I remember being a kid and, like, being freaked out by it. I was never traumatized by mm-hmm. it. But it's scary. Yeah. Like, even watching as a 31-year-old man, I'm like, this is a scary the, scene. The <laughs> like baby head on the, the metal done... spider legs. Yep. Oh, man. It's so great. But, like, once you, once you see and Roller them all, Bob, like, you, you feel, like, really sorry for them. Mm-hmm. And then when they're like, okay, yeah. we want to team up with you, you're like, yeah! That entire... And there's little... the one that, like... Like good anti heist escape is brilliant, yes. and it's that's one thing mm-hmm. I wanted to address because between that and and the army men sequence, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I I eat that stuff up like I absolutely yep. love that. It's it's so smart and so precise, and Ducky is such a great looking like a little Pez dispenser <laughs> and this like mus- muscly torso. Well, just and whang. and going farther than that, I, I my mind was was blown when I realized the whole thing is that. They they orchestrated this to get uh, Scud outside, and then when they drive by later, that means that Scud is now there to follow them, and it's like, Ugh. yeah, right. I know it's just when people are really really good at things, they make <laughs> it look easy. Yeah. So when you watch this movie, you're like, why don't you just? But it's <laughs> it, it does it so beautifully. You're like, can every must movie not be hard? Yeah. Why isn't every movie this good? And then you realize, like, because you have to be that talented to make it that good. But I, I, I just loved how the movie set up so perfectly that, that Sid's room is nightmare. That's mm-hmm. bad. You don't want to be there. And then they end up there, and it's so scary, and Woody is so terrified, and, like, Buzz is so aloof, which is, like, adding to the overall tension that he doesn't get it. And then, I don't know. And also, they have this moment where his mom, where Sid's mom goes, Sid, your Pop-Tarts are ready. And he goes, <laughs> all right! <laughs> and, and he's, he's already so got... About- he's already got uh, Woody yes. in a bowl of cereal. I'm like, what are you making your poor mom do here? What's what's going on? Did you, did you all- take the cereal up and then be like, nah, I don't want it. Give me Pop-Tarts. And also, how You've long are you making loops. her cook these Pop-Tarts for? <laughs> why, why did you go back up to your room, Pop-Tarts, get, put them in the toaster 30 seconds? What are you doing? A little peek into Britain quarantine life. I had Pop-Tarts for breakfast yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, for all my all my fellow millennials out there, Pop-Tarts and coffee, that's a lot of sugar in the morning. Don't <laughs> I don't recommend it. No, it's Pop-Tarts oh, and black coffee. That's, that's, the re- that's what you got to go for. That's true, um, clearly. Oh, man. It was... It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Of me. So basically, my 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 animosity for Sid uh, was not at all what he was doing. The toys. It was specifically 
the fact that he was being <laughs> so particular with his breakfast that <laughs> yes the way tom hanks and i i really love oh go ahead mm, go ahead no, I was going to say, I really love the joke when uh, Buzz, or Mrs. Nesbitt, <laughs> is at the tea party, and he says, and he's with the two beheaded dolls, and he says, I'm here with Marie Antoinette and her little sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Alex, what were you going to say? The way Tom Hanks delivers, we are going to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, my other, uh, one of my other favorite exchanges in the movie is when Buzz goes, I could have stopped him. I would have loved to see you try. Of course, I would have loved to see you as a crater. <laughs> like, oh yep. my god! I And I loved, and of course, one of the, the great exchanges in maybe just all movies is you are a toy, you are a child's plaything, you are a sad, strange little man. <laughs> and you have a pity. Farewell. And he does the Spock hand. Walks <laughs> away. Um, I want to uh, talk about I, first of all. Uh, I want to talk about both Buzz and Woody, I guess. But um, Tom Hanks is this one of if if not how how high on Tom Hanks' performances can I can I put this? Am I allowed to put this? I mean, voice I, th- I think it's pretty high because it's a beautiful performance. Oh my gosh! Like it it it's it's sort of the Bradley Cooper Rocket Raccoon thing. I mean, this is another sure. level. It's it's one of the most iconic voice acting performances ever, probably. Um, yeah. But like, it's the same thing where it's like it's it's hard to picture exactly how he's doing that, being Tom Hanks and knowing right. what Tom Hanks sounds like and what he looks like. It's like it's it's weird to think about what he's actually looking like while he's saying these lines because it's hard to picture him doing it because it's a really good performance. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because he's not like and I. I, I love Bradley Cooper in the MCU and he's doing a voice mm-hmm. for Rocket. Tom Hanks isn't really like changing his voice that much. No. And, and it says something that both for the writing and the animation but also for, for Tom Hanks watching the movie I'm totally aware of Tom Hanks the whole time but I'm not thinking that. I'm like that's Woody. Yep. That what Woody is talking. It's not Tom Hanks that's Woody even though I know it's Tom Hanks. It's And, and that's something that we get a lot of stunt casting and animation and a lot of times you are like oh yeah that's I don't know, Brad Pitt or whatever. Mm. Um, but in this, you're like, yeah, that's, I know it's Tom Hanks, but that's Woody. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just so, it's incredible. And Tim Allen is not far off. I think, I think Tom Hanks' performance is better, but I, I, not to, I mean, there's not really a reason to compare or rank them. Um, but I no. do think Tim Allen has a similar effect. I, you can definitely tell it's him, I think, a lot more easily. And you can, you can sit there and listen and say, that's Tim Allen. A lot easier than you can listen to Woody and say, that's Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I do think it's Tim Allen's best performance, and I'm not as familiar with his catalog as I mm-hmm. am uh, Tom Hanks's, but I do think it's Tim Allen's best work, and and, and it is exceptional work. It's yes. so funny. This isn't flying; it's falling with style. Mm-hmm. That's so good. It's such a good line. Um, and I want to talk about Buzz specifically because I I came to the realization that like the entire kind of conceit of making him a fish out of water i'm i believe i'm a space ranger and not a toy in doing that they make buzz act like kids 
want to imagine the world. You know, he's he's imagining mm. he's walking through the Pizza Planet doors, and he's like, "That's an air." Or we have to get through the airlock, and he sees the vending oh, machine. Wow, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, the rocket! We have to get out of the rocket." And he's he's saying all these things. I mean, uh, Woody obviously convinces him to go to Pizza Planet because he's like, "I found a spaceship," and uh, Buzz yeah. sees the. Um, Say, rocket on top of the pizza planet truck and they they constantly do this where um i mean the fact that buzz is trying to fix his cardboard box into a rocket ship but there's there's all this where he is playing the way a kid should play and a kid should should see and, and be able to take these toys and turn them into something into a big beautiful world where they really like create this this universe and environment where they i mean obviously they you know they know it's not real but they're they're imagining, they're pretending, they're having fun. And that's like how toys are supposed to be played. And Woody is trying to fight against him being as good as he can be at the role of being a toy. And the fact that like Woody, both Buzz has to come to terms with the fact that no, it's not real. But then also Woody has to come to terms with the fact that, you know, just because Buzz is taking his position as, or, or at least is edging out some of his position as Andy's favorite toy, doesn't mean that Buzz is like, not also a good addition to Andy's bedroom. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a whole thing where I I was watching this movie and came to that realization that that's part of what makes this movie work so well for both kids and adults is that for kids, that's a lot of fun to see Buzz be like, this is, I'm fixing my rocket. I need my, uh, my fancy weapon or um, no weapons, my fancy tools to fix my rocket. And I need this (laughs) part. Was it the, uh, you, you, uni, directional bonding strip. (laughs) Yes. Mr. Light, you're once more tape. (laughs) And he's using a Jack. (laughs) Like, like Jack's. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's just so much like that and it's great. Um, I especially know, I think I, that clicked for me at the pizza planet scene, but there it's, it's all throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that. And building up to, that shot of him standing on the railing before he jumps is gorgeous. Um, I think the movie, like we said, it's a little bit dated. Um, I think the movie shines mostly in character design above all else uh, when it comes to like the visuals and, and making things really pop Um, and like having really good backgrounds and everything like that. Like obviously Andy's room and Sid's room is all great. Um, But that was one shot that I was just like, wow, that's, that is actually yeah. like a brilliant shot of him looking through the window and, and he's like, I can fly. And obviously Randy Newman's uh, song that he's playing over that, uh, which we haven't even addressed Randy Newman. Um, yeah. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> the music in this movie is stunning. There, there are three songs in it and all three of them should have an Oscar. <laughs> like they are three amazing songs you've got a friend in me one of the great movie songs one of the great friendships i mean it's that there Mm -hmm. there there it is that's everything Mm -hmm. what it means between buzz and woody what it means between andy and his toys it's perfect and then i will go sailing no more which if you really listen to it is an incredibly sad song yes i i that is having been a, a kid who for whatever reason never listened to music for the longest time i just <laughs> had no musical taste whatsoever um it's just npr always right? yeah you were just listening uh, to fresh 100%. air <laughs> um i just never had like i don't know why i just never was interested in it and then when i uh finally got myself an ipod nano in middle school um i uh loaded it up with like uh, 15 songs, maybe. and this and well, That's all I could fit. They were so small. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they were mostly like musical scores. I don't know. It was very eclectic and bizarre, and I don't want to get into it. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I Will Go Sailing no, no More was on that iPod Nano, and uh, I have always had yep. a soft spot in my heart for that song. Uh, this podcast brought to you exclusively by Apple. Uh, 
Um, Specifically the iPod <laughs> Nano. We've mentioned the iPod Nano, we've mentioned Steve Jobs, and we always mention that we're on iTunes. We're an Apple podcast, folks. Specifically, uh, what's the, the word for the 2000s? I guess just the 2000s. The, the aughts, the knots. Uh, the aughts. Um, specifically that era, Apple. Um, yeah. This is a time-traveling ad that is... <laughs> Well, there's the, the there's a third song that people don't really talk about called "Strange Things," mm-hmm. which is that plays when the, the over the montage of Woody feeling replaced, right. which is like Buzz, which is a great song. Yes, I was going to ask, if and all three of the lyrics in the songs were too on the nose because that's something that Randy Newman often gets accused of doing, mm-hmm. where it's just like he's he's basically just describing what's happening. Sure. Well, see, I I feel like they are literal but they're also non-specific enough mm-hmm. because he the the song doesn't go full stereotype of Randy Newman where it's like I thought I was a toy <laughs> now I'm not gonna go out the window made of plastic <laughs> like it's him it's it, it is a song about disillusionment and about realizing that yes. you're not going to get that this dream you have isn't going to come right. true and strange things is like all three of those songs you could just read and not know they were about toys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are a little on the nose, but yeah, I, I think Randy Newman's a really wonderful songwriter. But his kind of stuff just works on right. me. Um, I think it's going to rain today is like one of my favorites. I think it also, but uh, just his style helps give this movie soundtrack a distinct taste and flavor yes. that's not yeah. really in a whole lot of movie soundtracks. Well, the soundtrack and it doesn't sound tight anyway. The soundtrack and the score, yeah. Yeah. I mean, combined, it, it it they all flow together so well, right? And so there's mm-hmm. moments where there's both iconic moments where you think of the score, and there's iconic moments where you think of the songs, right? And y- you know, you don't really yeah. even process the fact that oh, there's like three songs in this movie, and that should be weird that there's just three random songs that play over the course of this movie, right? Uh, it, it, you know, it's uh, as as opposed to uh, most movies that use a soundtrack, it'll have, I mean, like we talked about with Hobbs and Shaw, we got into that a bit with Suicide Squad and Guards Galaxy and things like that, where it's like, yeah, you'll have a series of songs, and if you don't have enough, then it's going to be distracting, because it's like, oh, why are you doing that? But this, it feels like the entire thing was just crafted that way, and then there were a couple moments where it was like, oh, hey, I should put a song in here. I'm going to put a song in here. <laughs> and then he mm-hmm. continued on. Yeah, these three, and original song. Yeah, it's, and I think it's because they're so well chosen and so well written, and that, like you said, they flow together mm-hmm. so so neatly that it never feels like it never feels like product placement. Like somebody <laughs> got a deal for their single to get put on the Hobbs and Shaw soundtrack. <laughs> yes, um, it always feels like, hey, this will augment what's happening in a really nice way, and maybe help illustrate some of those things for the kids who, you know, are, are just I don't know. I, they, they all like I will go sailing no more augments that scene beautifully to me like it adds so much to that um yeah and this movie's 82 minutes long like it's a short thing but they pack Mm -hmm. so much into it yeah like there's nothing wasted i I think this movie really excels because of its limitations i think in terms of both Mm -hmm. the limitations of technology and then i think that feeds into why the movie is so short i mean with with how much work they put into this movie, there's no way they would make it two and a half <laughs> yeah. hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think kind of limiting it sure. and knowing, okay, here's our restraints, let's make this story as tight as possible. I think they they, they knew exactly what they needed to do. 
perfect execution. Yep. Yeah, I, I, th- the fact that this is the first CG animated movie is amazing. The fact that, the, like, but that's not why it's beloved and remembered. It's beloved and remembered because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just, mm-hmm. like you said, perfect execution. Everything they set out to do, they do and they do brilliantly. Right. It just, it, it was, it was, and, and it's funny because this movie is obviously the herald of Pixar arriving on the scene. But then we've gotten a ton of, like, knockoffs of this idea of, like, hey, what if such and such was alive? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and all the way to the good versions of that, like, the other stuff that Pixar has done, but also, like, Lego Movie. Yeah. But all the way down to, like, Emoji Movie or B-Movie or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, like, I don't know how they do it. I want to, I know we keep just jumping around and gushing over random things, um, I do want to jump to the part where uh, Woody gets canceled um, when they're uh, all sitting on the, uh, or basically he's about to get chosen. Yeah, the one to sell. Or Buzz is about to get chosen to go with Andy to Pizza Planet. Because um, I really love the way they handle this plot point in that um, Woody is trying to push Buzz down in between the desk so that Andy won't find him in time to take him to Pizza Planet. He's just like, oh, I can I can set up this little thing and knock Buzz over so that he falls down, and then Andy will have to pick me. It'll be great. Um, but instead, he accidentally pushes him out the window because all the... Um, like, it's like a Rube Goldberg yes, thing. Yes, yeah, the same sequence happens that's beautiful and, and uh, funny. And it has and a Wilhelm scream, which I appreciated. It does. <laughs> a very well-integrated <laughs> Wilhelm scream. Um, and, and knocks Buzz out the window, and then all the toys are like, he killed Buzz, what did you do? why would you do that? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, and, and he's trying to be like, well, no, guys, guys, come on, that's not what it looks like, what are you talking about? And I love the way that's approached, where we don't have Woody be, like, so horrible that he would try to actively just get rid of Buzz, um, that yeah. it was just the spur-of-the-moment thing that he was trying to do because he wanted to feel loved by Andy to, to get... Uh, taken mm-hmm. um and that so it's it's this thing of the audience knows that he's not necessarily you know the worst the he's not as bad as the other toys yeah. think he is but also he's still not making the right decisions and he still has to like go on this arc to come around to actually be friends with yeah. buzz um i know I, i'm sure that some of this sounds very like the deep analysis of what is ultimately a simple story. Um, but it, I think it really is impressive how well it's done and how, I mean, it's, it's a pretty like clockwork script in terms of it's all the pieces they set up, the way they pay off at the end. Like we talk about the, the helmet, the, um, following the style, yeah. all these things that it, it doesn't feel like there's a wasted moment in the movie. Um, again, a thing that people say about a lot of movies, this one, I think it really applies to where, just every single beat works and it advances the story, advances the characters. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really impressive. And, and watching it again this time, I was like, wow, I know this is a good movie, but yeah. like, this is a good movie. <laughs> so. Well, and I love how they, the movie does such a good job at making Woody dimensional. Like mm-hmm. your hero isn't perfect, but not in a, so many movies try to make your characters interesting or flawed by being like oh they're a family man but they also sell now <laughs> taking vince I'm gilligan not, on for not being toy story i see well, no, I, uh, no I, I shouldn't i'm not blaming specifically sure. uh not not vince gilligan but all of his mimickers ah, you sure. know the people who saw breaking bad and taking like, oh, I I know taking white. jason bateman on i know for, walter uh, white has his bowler hat now i want him to have the woody hat 
<laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I, I, it, they do such a good job at making Woody flawed without making him, like, a jerk. Yeah. And I really love the way that there's a couple of times in the movie where Woody, maybe maybe just two, where Woody is trying to explain to the other toys that he's not as bad as they think he is. The second time is with where he, he's in Sid's room and he's got Buzz's mm-hmm. arm and he's trying to talk to them. And it doesn't feel repetitive. It like it actually scales it up. Yeah. That like there's multiple scenes of the other toys being like, Woody's wrong. Should we trust him? I don't know. But it doesn't feel lazy. It feels like, no, we're building this tension and we're building the stakes for Woody and for Buzz and then we're, we're increasing that payoff at the end mm-hmm. and and also how simply when they see that Woody and Buzz are together like oh it was all the truth of course yeah. and it doesn't feel like this weird turnaround it's and, like oh yeah that was really all they needed and also to know. <laughs> like, at the end he's not trying to convince them for convince them again he's not trying to stop them and be like wait wait guys you gotta listen to me now we can yeah. he's just like no I gotta I gotta say Buzz what a, you know I'm ignoring all of you. Yeah. I got to get this done. I got to get the remote and everything. And um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I do love when Rex is like, he, when he pushes uh, RC off and Rex is like, he's at it again. <laughs> I don't think you're giving that line quite enough justice. <laughs> he's at it again. <laughs> I'm very close to my mic. I don't want to. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is one of those movies that I, it, uh, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> like, I just don't know. It's it is amazing. Again, you look at a movie that has four screenwriters, and you're like, oh, oh, wait, this these four screenwriters crafted something beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I really focused enough on how much I love the Army Man sequence. <laughs> like, oh man, that's a great that sequence. makes me. Like, like one of the ideas I've always had in my mind is like some kind of video game or movie that's like exploring that concept of like toy soldiers in a in a uh, house. <laughs> like I've always thought that was interesting, and I think there was like an old video game series um, called like Sarge's Heroes there was. or something about like toy soldiers fighting each other. I don't know. I I I just really love that sequence, and Arlie Ermy is is wonderful. I love when they're confronting Woody and he just pops think... out of the, the army man bucket and he's like, you are a disgrace, sir. <laughs> and then they all jump yeah. on him. I liked when they were trying to rescue Buzz. I also mentioned the scene where Woody first gets canceled. That scene set at sunset. And so everything looks a little more sinister right. with the way the light is cast right. in everybody. But I really love when they've got the barrel of monkeys and they don't go and you hear Rex go. Buzz, the monkeys aren't working. <laughs> We're going to try something else. <laughs> they really do. Which is great because Buzz is not even there. Yeah. It's, they yeah. really do embrace the sense of scale. Because, like, going back to the army sequence, like when the, the army men are jumping off the top of the stairs and they're parachuting mm-hmm. down, and it's like the most epic thing ever. I'm like, they're just going down some stairs in yep. a house. <laughs> and the bit, yeah. the bit. Also in that sequence where uh, they're trying to get the batteries back into the radio. Yeah. Uh, and oh. neither Ham nor uh, Mr. Potato Head can stick him back in. And Woody has to, like, shove him out of the way. And he has to do it because, like, he's the only one who can, like, <laughs> hold them enough to... Oh, plus is positive, minus is negative. Yes. Oh, let me do that. Um, I do want to mention the one screenwriter that we had not addressed was Joe Ranft. 
I think yes. I'm pronouncing that right. Um, who apparently passed away during Cars, but that was the only he co-directed Cars, and that was the the first time he he done okay. a director. Um, yeah, credit. he also did the voice of Lenny, the little binocular toy, who mm. I loved. And he he apparently and is, I bl- uh, he's acted in like a lot of di- of the Pixar movies, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he was the story artist on like a bunch of these early ones, like uh, Bugs Life and Toy Story Two and Monsters Inc. Also, story artist on The Lion King, or story, not artist, sorry, but just story on The Lion King. Um, wow! And so he like worked on a lot of these, uh, even if he wasn't necessarily directing or doing the screenwriting or anything. Um, also, was a screenwriter on The Brave Little think- Toaster. So you got that. I think he was Heimlich in A Bug's Life. Am I correct? Yep, the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And he's, he will be uh, Wheezy in the next movie as well. Oh, Wheezy. I know. I love Wheezy. <laughs> real, real quick, uh, Alex, you were correct. There was an Army Man Sarge's Heroes video game. I'm looking at the cover right now. <laughs> um, real combat, plastic men. Yep. And it's great because we see a bunch of like green plastic army men. But don't worry, there's a real world sexy lady there too oh. in a tank top. <laughs> oh, well, that's, so don't worry. That's a choice. Um. We, we, Who is we this marketed towards? Be- Me. <laughs> cool bros. <laughs> like well, Alex. The interesting thing is, like, I had a bucket of army men when I, when I was a child, so, like, this gives me, like, a whole bunch of nostalgia, so. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, this, this is a thing uh, to note. This movie, you could literally get the characters. Yes. Yep. Like, the merchandising. Like, I had a Buzz Lightyear. I had yep. a Woody. I had a Rex and a Ham. I, I had mean, a... Like, a Buzz Lightyear, because obviously they made a bunch of toys based off of the toys in Toy Story, but there were some that yeah, were like supposed to be figures, like yeah. the size of the toys, and I, I did have a Buzz Lightyear that I believe was supposed to be the right size that I did break the hand Same. of trying to throw, and I was like, it's just like the movie, <laughs> and uh, my parents were very upset. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, and, and, and that's what I was thinking about, too, is that like the original character designs also ended up being very good toys. Like the, obviously the Buzz Lightyear, you could expand yeah. the wings out, and that was crazy. And um, oh, I played with Rex. I don't know how many times. Yeah, and I don't. I think yeah, Rex was well. That, and that was another point that I wanted to have here about the the kids in this movie being uh, spoiled brats is that um, Andy Andy's favorite toy is is Woody and not the giant dinosaur. Like, what are you? Where's that coming from? What's your where's your priorities, kid? I mean, uh, I mean, Tyler, as as the resident guy who doesn't really care for monsters or dinosaurs, I related with Andy. Is all I'm saying. Sure, sure, and it's okay to be wrong. I mean, um, it's a, as a child, look, I'm not gonna say I was right. Were you scared? Tell me. But I did have a bucket of army men. Sure, um, but I I don't like confrontation. <laughs> I think this movie, on a on a serious note, does do a really good job of highlighting the fact that the toys kids play with are what they have um and yeah. that it's not necessarily like like obviously all these toys or a lot of these toys were made up um i think like slinky was a real toy uh mr potato head i believe came i believe yeah mr potato head was yeah. yeah i don't know if there was a slinky dog but slinky obviously i think well there was Mr. i know that i think i've seen like the history behind oh, okay. some of this or watching well, and, and mr spell Mr. Yeah. Spell was, a, I think, a real thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, Barbie's in the next movie, but Barbie. Yes. Uh, and so it's like, I think it does a very good job of being like, okay, this is just, this is how they, you know, kids are going to have whatever toys they have, and they're going to they're gonna enjoy those. And, like, the toys got to yeah. share, <laughs> which is just a crazy <laughs> thing that 
again, a, a premise of this movie that is so interesting in terms of how they approach this, where they could have just been, I don't know, they're toys and they're, they, they have silly adventures. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the, the toys have to share the kid. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. that's, I don't know this. It does so many smart things and flips so many things on their head. Well, I like how, how creative Andy is and how, how they express that, like oh. that opening sequence where it's like, oh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Potato Head's like the evil cowboy that Woody has to fight. And um, mm-hmm. Slinky is like a he, – He's got he a force projects field. a force field and <laughs> and Rex is able to yeah. break force fields. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, was all, it was all really neat. And he's got, it like, the really cardboard boxes, me. and he's, like, drawn on it with Sharpie, like, yeah. here's a wanted poster, yeah, yeah. here's the bank. I the loved all office. Yeah. It really reminded me of when I was playing with toys that, like, you do follow the, this is what this is, but then you just make up completely your own rules. Yeah. Like, I want Slinky Dog to have force field, so he's going to have force field. And, like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, it really reminded me of of how inventive you get when you when you're a kid playing with toys like you create these whole worlds and stories and powers and everything it's it's an amazing experience and and yeah they captured it so perfectly in in the movie like it's yeah it's amazing Hmm. i also really liked robot who had like (laughs) a line but i liked him a lot buzz used him as a treadmill at one point Uh, is there anything else to say about this? I mean, do you guys have any other big things? I'm curious to watch the the animation of the humans evolve in particular because it's very mm-hmm. clear that they're trying to hide it in certain spots. Yeah, the humans are the only thing where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that doesn't look yeah. right. What? But it kind of works that the only the human we see most is Sid, mm-hmm. and it works that he looks terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm actually fine with you not being well animated because this adds to my experience of this character. Right. But yeah, like Molly, Molly's a little unsettled. Oh, that first scene where we see her in the crib is is borderline terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, and Andy doesn't look too great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, and, and like, there's a lot of like kids in the background of Pizza Planet where it's like, that's not how people do. Yeah. <laughs> they don't move like that. But again, like, in 1995, we were just like, oh my god, look, this is amazing, mm-hmm. look at this. Um, that's, you know, but it is it is interesting to, to see that, like, the toys look amazing, but, yeah, the humans look pretty strange. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I haven't watched them in a while. I mean, I saw Toy Story 4 last year, but um, mm. I think in the next movie it improves quite a bit. Yeah. Of course, that's what, from what I remember, yeah, five like a, years later? Yeah, I I two is the one I remember the least well because I didn't see it. I haven't seen it as much, so I'm really. I mean, I'm excited to watch all these movies anyway. But I'm 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 really interested to see how I feel about two. It's really. I think it'll be positive. Yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting to watch these because it's like I haven't really seen either of them in a while. But I saw I watched them both of the first and second religiously when I was a kid, and I can tell yeah. you pretty much every plot point in both of these first two movies. But it's interesting to go through and actually connect these and be like, oh, this is the story and the the ideas they're getting at as opposed yeah. to just here mm-hmm. are the things that happened that I remember being like, this is the thing I'm fascinated by. Right. Um, yeah. And how great that the end of this movie is Andy gets a mm-hmm. puppy. I, was, so I meant great. to bring that up earlier. That's a perfect payoff. One, they have the like, oh, there's a Mrs. Potato Head. There you go. Yes. But also that it's like that it's not 
what's what toy is cooler than a spaceman? It's there's a dog. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh, it's so perfect. Like, as it pans out, and then it zooms right back in on Woody and Buzz uh-huh. for that one last joke. Expert. The second one has a very weird production. I can get into that in the next episode. But hmm. I am excited because I know that one's all about... Again, it's exploring different ideas that can go with, with this premise in terms of, like, garage sales and the... Uh, Collector's market uh, for coll- antique yeah, have, toys. Yeah, collect- Exactly, yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that one... I'll be curious to see how we stack up the third and fourth one, not to look too far ahead, um, just because I feel like these first two really expand on what they can do with this idea and how they can make it interesting and make it continue to be like, oh, that's something... Of course, mm-hmm. that's something they would have to address at some point. So, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I'm interested to see how the aging with the original kid audience how that manifests for me now because i feel like the lessons the toys learn in each movie is also for the kids like in this movie the kids are learning about like oh yeah sometimes there's a new kid in school or like there's a i have a new sibling and it seems like they're getting all the attention and i don't know how to deal with that and it's about jealousy like it's about getting old Mm -hmm. and getting older and having jealousy issues and it's that's something kids deal with when they're young i feel Um, like so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how i feel like this movie transcends a lot of typical kids movies in terms of well it's got lessons the kids can learn from them buzz faces an existential crisis where he does not know what his purpose is i can't stress that enough in a kids movie i find that fascinating well and i think that's also part of it is that they hide the lesson in a thing that's very adult right uh so that the kid Mm -hmm. is like oh i see these two adult characters i mean the kid's gonna think of them as toys um and they're going. They're they're dealing with jealousy because I mean, in the same way that I don't know adults might deal with jealousy over someone getting a job over them or something like that. And so the yeah, kids. Yeah. Well, I mean the way that the way that Bo starts fawning over Buzz, like that's a very yes. like grown ups deal yeah. with that all the time. Yeah, and so it's like that is not a a thing that a kid would relate to themselves, but they can see the characters grow over the course of the movie and be like, oh, by the end, it's nice because they now like each other. And it's the same thing of, like, a kid can take away from that and, and take away how to treat others without being moralized at and being told, oh, this is clearly a, a story yeah. about sharing or something like that. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like, I, I felt like Ralph Breaks the Internet was okay as a movie, but the message of that movie is very mature mm-hmm. and I think really beautifully handled. Not with the kind of subtlety of Pixar, but still, I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty well done. And I like when movies... Put that stuff in for the kids. Like you said, it's not a direct, like, wow, kids. I guess we learned a lot about sharing today, <laughs> huh? But that it is, it's much more about, like, you're showing them. And, and they are actually absorbing that better because you put it in this beautiful story. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, I think it's just so important in kids' movies to actually have the characters that you're following learn and grow and, and get past mm-hmm. mistakes. Because I feel like a lot of times it's just like, oh, oh, it's just like a mindless, dumb kids movie where not a whole lot happens. And people go, well, it's just a distraction for them for a couple of hours. I'm like, well, long term, if you want them to actually get something out of some of this (laughs) junk, maybe we should (laughs) go go a little bit further with that. So, And obviously when you have stuff like Sesame Street, that's totally different because the point of Sesame Street is to be an educational show to get kids ready for school. That's a totally different situation. I mean, specifically, and like, they also like made movies. and they, mm-hmm. right, right, 
And and if you're going to distract your kid for 80 minutes, like, why not do it with Toy Story where they're just going to have fun, but they are going to come away with right. something. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if nothing else, they're kind of going to come away with it, come away from it like, I have a lot of fun ideas how to play with my toys right. now. Also, I think it does help send a message of don't abuse things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. are my toys real? I'm going to be so nice to them. <laughs> Apparently, I did not take that message. An army man with a nail through his head is going to come out of the sandbox. Well, Tyler, you can't win them all. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go on into ratings? Play nice. How how that was the first time he actually had his face move. So perfect. I think it's a testament to this movie. Couple couple things actually. One that normally when we talk about a movie that we're all clearly like. Uh, just fawning over it usually takes 45 minutes and then we're like oh I guess we're done but we found so many little <laughs> things to mine and talk about um, the other thing is that I have not even thought about my ranking like that that was not even a thing that I really <laughs> felt I needed to consider up to this point yeah uh, yeah that's yeah um, I'm going a plus I'm gonna go a plus <laughs> yeah same it's th- this is an a plus movie if ever there was one I don't want to be that guy but I'm giving it an a I'm sh- that's fine I mean <laughs> I'm just saying for me... I'm giving it a C! As somebody who normally thinks a lot about, and probably will for the next few movies, now that I have to consider how do, how does the, how do they stack up and what's the whole deal, um, I did not even slightly think, oh, at some point I need to come up with how I'm feeling about this movie for a grade. I was just like mesmerized the entire time yeah. and didn't even... Just going for the ride. Yeah, I, it really just comes down to that that little bit of clunky storytelling with with Buzz sometimes sure. acting like he's a toy and sometimes not that's that's it like if they clean that up a plus for me that's yeah and that that's that's me more and, just trying to hold my a pluses to the highest of like that's sure. that's a very high pedestal and yeah. one of the sequels <clears throat> could get could potentially be, mm-hmm. be an a plus so who knows <laughs> i already know one of mine probably is is it three um, it's probably three yeah I it's three. <laughs> I think I, unless, uh, yeah, un- unless I unless I have grown in a way that blocks me off from that movie, or I've yeah. forgotten something about that movie, I I know how I felt both times I saw. I it. I feel like and, yeah, I'm pretty sure either of the next two Ooh. could also be an A plus for me. I don't think the fourth one is, um, and we'll get there. Um, it, I don't think the fourth the fourth I've watched recently. I'm I'm gonna rate it highly. Yeah. I don't think it'll be an A plus. I, a TV critic I like called Dan Feinberg did an AMA and somebody asked him like, what did you think of whatever TV show? I thought it was very good, but not great. And Feinberg's response was, what's wrong with very good? I like things that are very good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Like an A, obviously, as Alex said, is still an extremely positive grade. Yes. We're not the gaming community over here. <laughs> Give me Ooh. my dark. Yeah, gritty, I'm. I'm really uh, glad we're doing this. Toy Army Men movie. <laughs> somebody, somebody, work <laughs> on that. The Duke Nukem movie you've been waiting Ugh, for. No, thank you. How did we not get a spinoff of any? I mean, I guess there was. Uh, there's the 2D, and I don't know if this was theaters or. I feel like it was probably TV. Um, Buzz Lightyear Star Command movie. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had a TV show for that. I know there was a TV yeah, show, like, but there, they, there was there was an animated spinoff movie first. Yes, and I don't know which where that oh, came okay. out. Okay. Um, 
I want to say that was yeah. around and the they time did like... two, maybe right after. Because mm-hmm. that was when Zerg showed up, yeah. And now like there's a bunch of like shorts, and uh, Forky from the fourth one has his own. He has a few little educational shorts, yep. which are very funny. But I'm just amazed that they were, they never did a, a Puss in Boots, if you will. Um, <laughs> sure. With I don't know. I don't. I guess that's part of it is that all the characters are such like side characters aside from Woody and Buzz that it'd be yeah. hard to do. Um, but I want the movie to start like you think it's just like brutal trench warfare, and then you realize they're just in a kid's bedroom, <laughs> <laughs> like Super Smash like Super Brothers. Smash Brothers. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe I should just go watch. Well, that we're wrapping up this Maybe one. That'll sure. I, I got to rewatch that one. too. Welcome to Marwin. Oh, weird movie. Um, oh God. No, thank you. <laughs> Although. <laughs> Apparently, Small Soldiers is more demented than I remember it being, so maybe I'll go back and, and be freaked out by that. I remember, I think it was either Jay Moore or Kevin Dunn gets like gets shot with a nail gun by a little action yeah, figure. Yeah, and Dennis Leary's in it, for some reason. <laughs> Which is pretty demented. <laughs> Speaking of Ice Age... Um... <laughs> Oi. Yeah. Uh, Does, is there anything else, boys, we wrap it up? Doesn't Kirsten do Dunst get attacked by, like, her, her pseudo-Barbie dolls that get, like, messed up by yes. the, the, the evil soldiers? The commandos, yeah, yeah she does. I have. Because they, like... And I think they're, like... They got, like, hairs ripped out, or they're missing eyes, or something like that. I have absolutely no context for anything you're talking about. Small and Soldiers, Tyler, to. was a film... You know, it's like cinema. I, I did it's not that. It's not your typical theme park ride, if you know what I'm saying. Can we start giving uh, movie rankings in terms of, like... Uh, cinema like the to start... theme park ride? The, not specifically... I was just going to do theme parks to make it simple, but that would also work. But I was going to say, like, you know, your bottom, you got... I don't know any really bad theme parks off the top of my head. So this metaphor is already falling apart, but I was going to say in the middle, you got like your six flags, maybe, maybe that's like a lower range. And then you go into universal studios and your Disney world. I think we just, we should just shake up the grading system and just do that instead. Apparently there is a pizza planet <clears throat> um, at Disney world. And I kind of want to go correct. if, if the, the world ever gets back to normal. Boys, let's uh, do a special quick. podcast episode. We'll go down to Pizza Planet at Disney World. <laughs> Recording live from Pizza live from Planet. Pizza. That would actually be great. And oh, it'll I'd start with me going, Pizza um, Planet? Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> you can only take one of your co-hosts. <laughs> oh, just one! <laughs> it'll end in five minutes when they kick us out, because they're like... Uh, Sirs, this is this is a children's uh, I'm, play area. I'm wearing like a full Buzz Lightyear costume. <laughs> <laughs> so, Small Soldiers um, it is rated PG-13. The synopsis says, when missile technology is used to enhance toy action figures, the toys soon begin to take their battle programming too seriously. Right. It's like AI um, chips that they put in nuclear missiles or something. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, hey, let's put these in toys. <laughs> Who made this? They talk about the uh, soldier dolls talk about fashion dolls being, quote, fully poseable. Yep. Who's, who is the director? It's the guy who did Gremlins, right? Joe Dante. Joe jo Don, jo Dante, yeah. There's a... Um, the, uh, 
under the sex and nudity <laughs> oh, category. God. Good sign. Good sign. It says, it says wild flirtation. <laughs> I love you. And then there's a passionate kiss. Living toys are chewed up in a disposal and otherwise tortured. Um, lots of property damage. Isn't the main character? Yeah, don't yeah, they say he like, like try? He committed arson at like a, a, a high school he used to to be at or something. Maybe, yeah. Dolls get like eaten up. In oh, it's it's, and stuff. it's brutal, That's man. Gross. We should watch it. <laughs> Rather not. Yeah, it is. Uh... Yeah, it's an interesting one. <sighs> Instead, we could watch Toy Story two. For next week, which would be a lot of fun. Or Small Soldiers, <laughs> which would maybe be more fun, but m- most likely less fun. <laughs> I think Tommy Lee Jones oh, is boy. like the head of the evil soldiers, and then Frank he, Langella the is the head of like the good guys, but they're like monster toys. Yeah, the uh, right. Gorgons. Right, he's that's Archer. right. Frank Langella, he is an actor. Why do I have nostalgia <laughs> for small soldiers? That's a good question. And he, and a lot of the Gorgons are voiced by like uh, Harry Shearer and uh, a bunch of the guys from like Spinal Tap, uh, Chris Gast, Michael McKeon, this makes those sense. guys. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... oh cool. People's last names are Fimple. That's not anything I want to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Phil Hartman uh, and his family? And yeah, Kirsten Phil Hartman's Dunst in there. Is the daughter. Yeah. yeah, they're the Fimples. Mm-hmm. My, my my brain, like, like just a section of it just opened up. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> can we close that? Hey, guys. Let's uh, not deal with that right now. So, uh... Tyler, where where can people find us? If they <laughs> they can find us online at Here Come. I forgot I had that power. I should have done that like ten minutes ago, and I wasn't thinking about it. Um, they can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. They can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. They can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. You can also look us up on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So there's that. We'll be there. We will. Now and You'll forever. Have a podcast in Shocker us. of the century, Toy Story, pretty good movie. <laughs> it's got just oh, the boy. right balance of yeah, toy and it. story. Now, when did Pixar get bought out by Disney? Or bought by Disney? I guess not bought out necessarily, but um Well, because it was they were Disney Pixar, then Pixar, then Disney Pixar again. I think it was the late odds I that it was Disney. I believe Pixar they again. released a couple of movies together and then Disney uh, finally, was just like we're gonna buy you, um, and I want to say that was like 2005, 2006. Yeah, I was gonna say it was Maybe somewhere, somewhere in, in the there. Incredibles Ratatouille yeah. Cars area. I mean, we'll yeah, come back. It was during their like golden age. Yeah. We'll come back next week with research, um, or not, yeah. or not. And then Kathleen Kennedy was like, "I have ideas," and you know, kind of crazy things happened. I don't know enough about all that. I just said a name of a thing. <laughs> well, this Bob Iger is the know. one who, and, and this will be more relevant probably for Toy Story 3, um, but he's the one who orchestrated Disney buying Pixar and Disney buying Marvel Studios mm. and Disney buying Lucasfilm. Like, that was that was his goal when he came home. It's like, uh, unlike uh, Michael Eisner, whose goal is to make theme parks that fail, I'm going to uh, buy a bunch of movie studios. And so... <laughs> 
to varying effects. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I've been Tyler. I've been Alex. Hey, I've been Britain, and you are having a good night. <laughs>